Hey guys, welcome to the 158. We're gonna try something new this week. Uh, we're gonna do a bit of a round table setup where we're gonna call it After Hours. Uh, so this will be episode one. Basically, we're just gonna be uh, taking some questions from anybody reaching out on social media, uh, discussing uh, all kinds of things uh, military related. So uh, Matt prepared a few things for us and uh, we'll get to a couple questions from Instagram later. Oh, we're going to start off with those? Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, let me uh, dig these out. I thought we'd do the questions first. My bad. Okay, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. I got it right here. Yeah, okay. Don't fucking ruin me here, bud. <laughs> uh, so Pop. one of the notes that I wrote down was uh, kind of the, the, the camaraderie within the military. And uh, I'll use our example right here. We have Jurgen, who's from a different era of the military for service. Dave walked into a, a rank in the reserves, uh, just shot right up to sergeant over a year. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. Uh, I bought it online. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then I, I was with the Reg Force <clears throat> as well, and there's a lot of banter that goes on back and forth. It would be like, it's kind of like having teammates, I guess, like a hockey team, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's all different mixes of people, uh, all different backgrounds, different lifestyles, different um childhoods but it all seems to just kind of like go out the window right like you get to basic you throw on the uniform and then uh all that shit goes out the window you're there together um what are your guys' thoughts on that like same kind of you feel the same way it's like yeah and like it with jurgen from a different era like it's easy for dave and i to do the comparison we were on tour together served during the same time frame the afghanistan conflict was going on so it would be like oh you guys have something that the a connection where we instantly like we hit it off right away too you're in you're from a different time we never served during the same period of time you're like super fucking old compared to me no i'm just joking <laughs> count the rings it's like a tree <laughs> but like but it's like you know in, in normal life if you're normal life i say but uh if if we were to meet on the road and we didn't have on the road on the street whatever at a party there would be it would be different it wouldn't be the same like it wouldn't be like an instant brotherhood feeling like good buddies right away you know what i mean like does that make sense for me yeah. it does absolutely because I, I don't mean to take the mic from you but um but i'm gonna take the mic from you yeah you <laughs> uh couple of situations uh when i was younger in the reserves uh i was hanging out with a warrant officer uh we were in the sergeant's warrant officer's mess and you know, I said something about we're on the same team. He's like, we're not on the same team. And I didn't understand what he meant by that until someone had to tell me. I'm like, but like we wear the same uniform. We wear the same flag. We're, we're infantry. You know what I mean? But he was very adamant to tell me that we're not on the same team. Then I came back from leave or something like that from the battalion. And it was actually just here in Hamilton, um, Squires. I was just having some wings there. And some dude, good wings, amazing wings, right? I'm starving now. Uh, <laughs> this guy walked by and I could see he had the airborne regiment tattoo on him. So I went up to him, I bought him a beer. I said, like, how's it going? I told him I was in the first battalion PPC alive, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, what are your plans? I'm like, well, uh, I just came home from tour and from task force 111. And I'm like, I don't know exactly what I want to do. I'm debating on maybe going back to the reserves and then kind of figuring out from there. And he looked disgusted. 
he was just like, don't, why would you even, he's like, if you're going to get out, just get out. Mm -hmm. I clearly did not take his advice because I'm (laughs) still in the reserves, but, um, because like with me, I still have my foot in the door. Like if service or duty calls, I could still react and do whatever I need to do as a professional. But there was that separation between reg force and reserves. And then you're going to get it from regiment to another regiment trades from other different trades where people are just kind of like, there, there is always a little bit of animosity. Like you're saying with that hockey team, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, look at us now, different eras of service, different timelines, different regiments, different battalions, you know what I mean? And we're at the end of the day, we're just guys sit back shooting the shit and we have bigger things on our mind and how we can actually do some good with where we sit and stand. Yeah. What do you want to say? I, I think I think the war in Afghanistan changed everything. Yeah. I, I watched it. Like I, I got out one when I was in. I, I started out really loving it. And then I don't know, I, I started hanging out with you know, we're overseas, I'm hanging out with civilians because you know you can if you want. And I wanted to get out and when I got out I couldn't wait to get out. Like it was like I was free. Like for me that's my transition was like, man, I ain't going back in. I got no control over anything if if we go to war and <laughs> funny after i got out like ppcli hit everything and you know i'm like man i got no control over that so i uh I, where i'm going with this is i just went okay well that's done no one really understands what what the infantry is and i just i didn't even think i was a veteran i was just like all right you did your four years now you're a civvy like go on with your life and it wasn't until after Afghanistan that, and veterans like that you know from, you know, there's one guy, Sean Elburn, that, that I met actually in my own business. And it's a different breed. And, and not, to, not to throw my guys under the bus from my era, but I don't know, it's, the war changed it. Like, Absolutely. It changed our standard operating procedures. It, trained the, it changed the fact that, yeah, like reserves were still attaching to reg force guys operationally, but like not in a combat role. You know what I mean? Like I have friends that came, left from the Argyles that went on Ob Medusa uh, with the battle group and they're standing side by side with other reg force soldiers fighting the war. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're right. Afghanistan changed a lot of things. And I think we're still progressing that. We're in a weird day and age now where the military is completely different. Like when I got in, if you couldn't run 10 kilometers hungover, you're a piece of shit. Whereas like, if I show up hungover, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if you can complete the 10 gig, you're still, yeah. yeah. I think that during Afghanistan, there was a big transition too. Like in the nineties, it was almost, uh, disgraceful i'll say to be in the military like guys weren't even wearing their uniforms home you'd have to change then like they get rocks and shit thrown at their car on the way home and then afghanistan hits and then uh i I think hillier was huge on that too and changing the perspective of our military and uh like red fridays became a thing remember everyone deployed hockey night in canada it's hitting don cherry that that was huge like it sounds we love don cherry it sounds weird. Yeah, like yeah, love or hate him, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, can I say that? I, I do. Yeah. Here's yeah, for say whatever the fuck you want. Huh? We love you, Don Cherry. <laughs> yeah, Thank I you. But yeah. you, you know, you are tuning in, watching Hockey Night in Canada, and you've got soldiers coming home that are going down the Highway Heroes, and and now you're, you're seeing that build, and you're like, whoa. 
Yeah, actually, to bring it back to, like, the the camaraderie and stuff, it definitely changed that atmosphere, I think, too, right? Like, there will always be the banter of, like, oh, you're in the infantry, I'm in the Navy, or, or the, the Air Force is called the Chair Force, that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we're all... I, th I like that we're on the same team. We're just playing different positions. I think that's accurate. Yep. You can actually tell that they were transitioning or... I don't know how long the cornflake has been around for because in your photo you have the cornflake there and that has the naval air force army crests so together trident. the trident yeah. really i guess to you know what i mean to symbolize one military mm -hmm. one canadian armed forces you know what i mean and i think nowadays people are getting a lot better with that people are a lot more respectful people are a lot more open and people are just they don't seem as ignorant in a way. And if you are ignorant, well then you're gonna get called out. You know what I mean? Like you have to be open. Like we, we want people to always meet the standard, but like instructors nowadays, they're working relentless to make sure that their, their candidates are meeting the standard and stuff like that. Like it's not as much chaos as it used to be. We're really all about developing each other. To answer your question in the beginning, here's why there's a connection. Thank you, you brought it up right there. We both look at that cornflake and a civilian's gonna look at it and go, well, that's a cool picture, Jurgen. You got like that badge of the military. And you and I look at each other and it's like, man, I wanna be remembered for that PPCLI badge. You yeah. wanna be remembered for that RCR badge. You want that, P like it's that, yeah. the cap badge. You, you know, like, so we know what you, that's where I'm going with this. You know what you have to sacrifice or get through to get to that next level of a battle school or a basic training. Yeah, there's a certain level of respect, I guess. Um, and understanding what someone sacrificed to get there, and know, and because you've done it too, I guess it's like, I get it. Like, yeah, he's legit. Like you, you, you get weeded out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, the infantry course. I mean, when I was going through, it was like a fifty percent pass rate. Yeah. Well, not for the uh, reserves over here, bud. But uh, <laughs> I slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, all seventy of you on a weekend. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm just joking, kinda. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's that understanding. It's like you, it's, I think hockey players are the same way, you know, like some guys make it like pro, some guys make it semi-pro, but like they're, when you get to that stage, like when you've been that committed, there's a certain level of respect, like, you know. I but if know. we want to dump things down, we all started with that cornflake. Exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, so that's a good segue into another thing that I had written down. Uh, was common misconceptions that I see uh, for like recognition and I think that the general assumption is that everyone's a soldier in the set. Okay, so everyone is a soldier first. Let me word this properly. But that there's that idea that everyone's an infantier. Yeah. Like you, you watch movies, you see the infantier. Uh, like everything's based around the infantry role, combat engineer too, like those combat roles. But then you go to, I'll use the Maple Leafs as an example. I remember when I got back from Afghanistan, I went to a Leafs game uh, and they do every, they're great for recognizing the Canadian forces and they did their usual recognition. But when you're in the military, you know right away, you see the uniform, the color tells you whether you're land, sea or air. And then on top of that, you see a cap badge so you know if it's logistics or whatever it is. Um, so the first time I went, it was a clerk that was being honored. And you get all of those uh, highlights of like, 
and it was a female not that it really matters but it was she was in afghanistan and you know you put all those highlights and i think that the the common conception is that that person was in combat and it's yep, like i I, I didn't stand i was and at that time i was mentally not really with it i guess would be the best way to put it i was angry as fuck and then that kind of just ramped it up it's like i know i know guys that are like injured that deserve this recognition i'm not saying i deserve it but i know that there's guys and family members kids that probably deserve this recognition and it's not that she doesn't deserve it or whatever person but it's that it irritated me knowing that it's almost like stolen valor to me like i hate to say it but like because that person is serving but it's like it's misleading and I know that's confrontational and it doesn't necessarily sound politically correct, but I'm saying what a lot of other guys are thinking, for sure. And you know what? Before we jump all over that person, it's... And we hit it with Aristotle. He was just before us on the show about where CTV wanted to put on the special blades for running, and he's like, I'm not a veteran. But they don't care that you're getting labeled now in that veteran community, you're gonna be like, hey, why are you doing this? Or he's gotta live with that now. They just wanna get their article out there. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what I get out of that. Yeah, I just, I, I feel like there should be more contact sometimes, I guess is where I'm kind of going with it. I think that maybe some education too. Like people don't understand that, uh, or, or maybe, I don't know why. I don't think it's anyone's fault of their own. It's just the way that our society is. We just don't have as much education as maybe we should have. But like, I don't think people understand that. We have, in the military, we have our own fire department. Yep. Like, there's guys that are trained. We have our own postal clerks. I didn't yep. even know that when yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know any of they that. Have, like, yeah. You hear military police. That is, like, they patrol the area of the base, and they have some jurisdiction just outside the base, too. Like, this is, it's a self-sustained environment, society, and I think it gets overlooked. Like the, the population of, excuse me, uh, combat roles is very small. I believe it's nine to one. It's nine positions to support, to support one. one. Yeah. And that's, I remember being in Afghanistan and there was times that, you know, like the clerks are staying in an air conditioned building and I'm going and sticking my head in culverts. And it's, it's not that like you get upset by it or anything, but it's just like when you come back and you see that situation, but there is something that like irritates me. I'm not well, gonna okay, lie. So I'm I'm gonna touch on a few things in the fact that a the the misconception that the local population probably don't realize is that yeah okay one thing that they that is accurate is that everybody goes through basic military training so they learn how to use a rifle they learn how to get dirty they they know how to go through some sort of deprivation whether if it's sleep and hunger they're out there doing pt and i understand that like when you look at someone who's not necessarily in the best shape you know physically you know like how is that guy in the army and people have asked me that multiple times like is that guy and i'm like well he's he's he has a different job than me he got through basic you know what i mean he has but <laughs> yeah. he has a different job and maybe he sustained an injury or something like that who knows maybe he's got shit going on in his life which let's is give it a great example of like i finish basic training i go to meaford yeah. every single day i'm up by 5 a.m standing on parade square in like knee-high snow ready to go for a run like that's my morning routine the other guys that are on my course from basic going to borden for like avn tech and stuff are getting bust from the shacks to the gym you know like that's kind Fair of enough 
But, like that's kind of the different, but that's a misconception. That see, I didn't get to see me. that because for us, when we finished Cornwallis for PPCLI, there ain't no other trades coming with us. You're going up to Wainwright and it's all on that bus's infantry. So mm. I always wondered where they went off, like what happened <laughs> to the other guys if, yeah, if they had it as tough as, you know. Passage of information is different now too, right? So you so stay in touch with I, that. I think the other thing too is like, we're not, we're not shitting on that either. All no, those, all oh those God, other no. roles are very important. No, for sure, but they, I, but they just have a very different experience than. I think the perspective the tip of the spear. It's the tip of the spear. Yeah. Like, that's what if, I was just going to touch on: the fact that that female clerk, who was in tan uniform, or whatever, it looked like she just came home from deployment or something like that. She probably very well deserved that award. You know what I mean? So maybe if the recognition, yeah, yeah, maybe like what I think you're trying to say is that and correct me if I'm wrong, is that maybe with the educational portion that, you know, identify like what her duties were, because who knows if she was a clerk and she had to send home, you know, someone who had uh, a seizure on a flight. Let's give you an example of that. And she's now administrating, like she has this pile of work she has to do, but this is priority number one. And she's got, she's now losing sleep. She's, you know what I mean? Working her ass off. And like, that, so that's exactly what happened with us. I remember going into the clerk's office when the boys died. And yep. their files are there and they're processing. So yep. no doubt, like, I understand that. And I, to be perfectly honest, the perspective that I have now, that I'm, like, I'm a little more healthier, I will say, is that, to be perfectly honest, I don't think that the average civilian gives a fuck about what the role was, to be perfectly no. honest. But, no. but yeah, insanely. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, but, but that's to, good to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, it doesn't really matter you to really the average. You want to stroke it with one paintbrush in a way. Yeah. But, like, for me, I, I just, I think, I don't know. It's such, like, a touch-and-go scenario, We right? can tell the difference. The civilians can't. That's... Yeah, and, like, I think it where it's, like, it's, I don't know if it's more damaging than good having those situations because it's, like, the people who actually should be recognized, like, we know who they are, and right. you're just, like, you want to just pull your hair out and be, like, why the fuck aren't we, like, even my hometown Legion, I'm going to say names, what legion well it was my hometown legion uh didn't have pictures of, and you know who it is he's in a wheelchair and got shot in the neck and stuff and, and it's like you like you guys don't acknowledge that like yeah, you know you, you want it like and then you have guys that served in and it's he still served but like peacetime uh i don't even think he was deployed or anything and it's like you're you're putting him on a pedestal Meanwhile, you know that this guy's just down the road and you're not showing acknowledgement there. Like that, that's the kind of stuff that, yeah. you know, like, and maybe to share this episode out with the odd politician or civilian that does these things to know that, hey, there is a, inside the group of veterans and that, you know, they care about this and, and how yeah, do it's do it. it does. It's not just about a PR thing in a photo op. Yeah, for sure. I think it's meaningful within our community. We're such a small population that I don't think that they give a fuck. I, I think, yeah, like going back to your situation, I think information's conveniently left out or that's the way you're seeing it. But yeah, and, and then I, there's also the side of things where, like you said, civilians might not really care. Oh, I have or, highly, yeah, they don't give a like, fuck. They're just like, oh, you're in the military. That's, that's great. Or some would and... And that, and that information is completely left out. Yeah. 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 Um, which leads to another one where guys don't get enough recognition is GTF2. 
we're uh, that's a topic I had written down that will just because last night Derek and I were what what's what yeah what's JTF two yeah exactly right I've never heard of that the secret squirrel I'm no longer on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna like get too much into it I don't think but but I think educationally it's a part of our military that um, is something to be so proud of like those guys are some serious badasses um in 2014 when we did the with soldier on did the relay with the last flag phone in afghanistan part of that we got to go have dinner with the boys from the hill and that was like such a unique experience talking to those guys and and one of the guys said you know because of their secrecy they don't ever get to go on parade or anything and acknowledge have that recognition of who they are what they've done i think they do because i've, I've seen guys oh. with the record medals and stuff like yeah, that. yeah hold on no here's what happens so you'll see the medal awarded and it's blank next to there's no nothing next to it it's just no name nothing but a medal awarded if you look, when have you ever uh, seen a parade with a lineup of you know one platoon from JTF two, <laughs> I've never seen you know the what parade. I mean? like, but I've, what... I've been on parade with guys. That were... I mean, like as like okay, so two so RCR. So they must have got those medals somehow. Exactly, but who's gonna know that? Like what I'm saying is, on Remembrance Day, when you're with the Reg Force, let's say, I'll use two RCR. You go downtown Fredericton as a battalion. Yeah. And you do your parade as a battalion. You're recognized as two RCR. When have you ever seen JTF2 formed up, being acknowledged, recognized, awarded, on parade, anything like that? You won't see it. No, you won't. Unless it's inside the hill. Well, yeah, but that's, that's why it. they have the blacked out. Yeah, you'll exactly. never see the face. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like the general population, I don't think, has any idea who these guys are. What do they do? Like that's maybe something to explain because it's not like I don't even think that I know for sure what they do, but they're like okay, a good I think a good comparison, and one of the guys might hear this and be like, this guy's fucking out to lunch. Uh, <laughs> but like Green Berets, I think would be something somewhat or like Delta Force. But that's why Seesaw is kind of taking the face because they actually do those parades and stuff like that. So they're kind of the face of Kansas. I hear it's more for diplomats and things or something happens somewhere around the world. So Seesaw kind of happened because of the airborne being disbanded. That was kind of like, yeah, but then they've, like they've taken that image though. 20 years later or something They've, they've like taken that. that image though, I think for sure, where it's like, they, they're later. the ones who, you know, if, you're, if you talk about Canadian Special Forces, which is Canadian Special Operations Regiment, Seesaw, um, that's what you'll see is like those guys, um, where like JTF two, you're not going to, no. you're not going to see, you're not going to know what they're doing. I mean, they were, they've been deployed without the prime minister knowing, but right? the like, same thing with CSIS, you're not going to see them or sea driver. Um, same thing. Yeah. Like, but like CSIS is probably as on the same level and scale as JTF two, <laughs> because they are, their identities need to be protected so much because of the work that they're doing so right? let's talk so, about that because there's a yeah. reason when you look at these pictures because we've all seen them where the eyes and like whether it's british sas or balaclavas there's and, reasons those eyes are blacked out and it's not to protect the person in the pictures i understand it's to protect who they work with i think it could be a bit of both i mean anybody you know? around them anybody who's involved with them their families you know what i mean like if if i and i know people who have gone in and out of Cansoft.com and stuff like that. And if I were on this podcast, I started dropping names and stuff like that. There's probably some sick individual out there. who would definitely try to yeah, use like that to your advantage. Remember, you okay, know so what I mean? I'll bring it back to our tour. Do you remember how like on tour you have 
a burn pit for anything like personal information or anything. If you're throw, you don't throw out paperwork or anything like that because who knows where it's going afterwards. And then we had, I think it was Dave's, Dave Hyann. I think his family got called. And do you remember something like that happened? You don't remember that, eh? So someone's family was getting called and like saying, we have your husband and shit. Wow. Because they found information. I, we don't, I don't know exactly. That's, I want to go, that, it reminded me of that. Uh, I'll dig into this some Let's more Let's dig into that more and bring that to the next time. Yeah. Because I want to I wanna know. I think it was Dave. Remind me later yeah, on yeah, to yeah. talk to Dave. We do play Call of Duty with Dave, so it's more yeah. awesome. But, the, like, <laughs> but yeah, that's... But yeah, I think it's a multi... There, Like I said, man, the, the biggest thing is, is that everything is so covered so that their identities are protected and that is the end all of it you know what i mean because they have families at the end of the day they're just people so someone was capable of gathering information on someone who is a secret operative individual and i wouldn't say it's really secret because it is documented the government is tracking it there's probably shit going on that i obviously don't know about there's lots that i don't but i mean like it where is, are you going to see a jtf2 docufilm Apparently, Tears of the Sun was actually uh, a JTF2 operation. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Tears of the Sun. That's one of my favorite. Bruce Willis? Fantastic. Yeah, one of my favorite. I don't know if it's, it is, but I uh, apparently Well, shit, now we got to start doing some digging. I know. I'm like, man, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Now it seems, like, it seems like work now. <laughs> the whole reason why I brought it up, though, is because these guys are, are people that should be recognized. And I don't even think that the general public knows too much about them. Like... I think they get their recognition, man. I think you think do. so? I'm, I don't think I'm so. I'm confident they do. So when I was there with that, so what I was saying was I was there and I was talking to a guy and he was saying, like, a lot of our guys are struggling. Like, they're, you know, you look at these guys and you think super soldiers, robots, they're fucking humans too. Yep. Uh, they're phenomenal soldiers, obviously. Uh, but they're human. And they see a lot of shit. Uh, they're like the... They're, they're yeah. <laughs> it's like, go in, drop in, kick in the door take out a high priority kind of thing and like non-stop like it's everything's high speed low drag um but he was saying like they don't get to go on parade and be like they're not flaunting around being like i'm proud they're not wearing a gtf2 t-shirt yeah you no, know? like <laughs> i think they'd rather just go to the range they're very humble individuals at the oh, same man. time you isolation I mean? like, is probably the problem is you're a bit isolated now. you know what's crazy though like we i don't know how much i want to go into it but like when we were in that area, there was guys that we didn't know were f like we would go through a city and stuff with the flag and because it's a relay and it's all like the PR stuff, right? And uh, we'd have guys come up and talk, and then later on at the hill, they're talking to us like you would never know. But then it's like those guys are always packing, they always got their watch on. They're like, You ever seen the show The Unit? That's what it reminds me of, where it's like you're ready to go, you're always yeah. ready to go, yeah. you're always on call, yeah. But anyways, and that's got to be a rough lifestyle for a family too, right? It, well, that, and apparently it has improved over the years. You know what I mean? Because I, I, from what I've heard, it was called Divorce Hill for a long time. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. So because... With a play on the word Dwyer Hill. Exactly. Because they're, they, they are working nonstop to ensure that Canadians are safe <clears throat> and that other people are safe and... You know what I mean? They're they're very reactive. They're very on, they're on the chopper go. You know what I mean? Unit where compared to your conventional military, it's it's like hurry up, you're on the bus, and like now wait. Hurry up and wait, yeah, right. Yeah. So, well, and it's different scales, right? Like they're they're working with small units where an infantry can be. Yeah, they're specialists, right? It's not like a 
That's it. It's, it's very task oriented. I love fantasizing about it, man. But like, those yes, guys are all my heroes. Oh <laughs> man, those guys like are yeah. But they're coming out of the infantry platoons. I mean, that's where they're coming from. PPCLI pretty much founded the GTF2. I'd say um, there's a lot, definitely a lot more. I don't know now, but when it first founded, it, like you can find this information. I highly suggest if you don't know about GTF2, YouTube, Wikipedia. There's some some crazy information. I think a lot of direct people, message Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna be stroking one of them off tonight. <laughs> no, but they are like. I mean, you'd probably take one in the mouth from them. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a Dave thing right there. High speed, low drag. Right, yeah. All right. Be, before so, this gets so actually, I gotta let this out. I actually one of my old roommates, his brother, <laughs> went JTF. I found that out. It was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, but I know the name and I just won't say yeah, it because yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Like I was like, oh, yeah. that's why he disappeared. Neat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, before this goes like completely sideways, uh, we had a couple questions. Yeah. Um, we had one today and one the other day. Uh, just reminding you guys at home, if you have any questions, uh, we do the podcast on. Well, sorry, we record the podcast on Wednesdays. Um, and usually midday Wednesday, I'll put something up on Instagram where you guys can ask us some questions. And so we'll kind of field these questions in these after hours episodes. And uh, yeah, moving forward, we're gonna do one like probably every five episodes or so. Uh, we'll see how it goes to start here. But uh, you, do you have the first question, Matt? Or? Uh, from the other week, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was funniest HLTA story. Uh, and, and first off, what's HLTA for? Oh fuck now, what was it? Jay was oh, the one who. R&R. Yeah, pretty much, oh, okay, leave travel allowance. Something, okay. home treat, travel. Home leave travel allowance. Holy fuck, I got it. Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did you see the, like, the fucking hamster that almost came right off the wheel there? Your brain started to leak uh, Yeah, smoke ear. coming out my ears. Yeah. Um, where was I going now? Fuck. Uh, uh, this is, so for you guys, this is happening halfway through your deployment or, or okay, wherever so those numbers are going to work That's out. actually, yeah, so that's a good point. Like, um, So it's, it's like a rest and relaxation, but depending on rank family stuff like that it kind of depends on where you get to pick your leave so like for me us i should say uh we were there over christmas so it's like single young guys ain't going home for christmas um so and like me being a replacement last minute it's like you're getting the shitty end of the stick so it's like going to country climatize get into a routine fly back home for three weeks um so it really yeah it's like it depends on on uh some different factors where that happens on your tour um but i almost kind of like that too because i came back and it was like there was nothing to look forward to other than coming home you know what i mean like it wasn't i know that some guys on 110 had a hard time coming home and then having to go back some didn't actually go back i'm pretty sure uh so uh I'm kind of, I almost feel lucky that it happened that way. But so on that, you end up going wherever you want. You have an allowance of like a few thousand dollars, I think it is. Yeah. So you get about three, three weeks off. Three thousand, I think, something like that. Yeah, pretty much a thousand a week. Um, and they'll send you wherever you want, as long as it fits that budget. And they get deals too, obviously, through airlines and shit like that. Um, so I know lots of guys go to Thailand and stuff, and we're not going to go down that path. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, 
I'm gonna spin it and go to decompression afterwards. At the end of tour, you end up spending five days or something like that. Totally different. Totally than, different. Than the HLTA. The HLTA, yeah. The HLTA is like a go either see your family or go have fun. Uh, and then decompression is like, they set up different classroom stuff for you at the hotel that you stay at. Um, and then you have to, I think it's two classes a day or something like that. But you're not segregated in a hotel with only military. You're in there with civilians that have come there on their trip yeah, from, we were at a from Germany to go hang out in Cyprus. Yeah, I didn't we see too many, but yeah, there, there were some there. The 158 Podcast is proud to partner with the Helping Heroes Heal Foundation. Helping injured and ill first responders, veterans, and military members. Helping Heroes Heal Foundation unites and empowers our nation's heroes through their favorite activities, sports, and adventures. Learn more about how they can support you or how you can lend your support to the foundation by visiting them at helpingheroesheal.ca. If I can find out where that hotel was, I'll put it up because there's, there's reviews left that are like, I can't fucking <laughs> believe that you guys didn't tell us that there's like... Whole military taking up this goddamn That's resort. Amazing. Yeah, That's four hilarious. four seasons. No, I don't even. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was nice though. Yeah, unlike a Marriott. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful there. Um, but what ends up happening, like like I said, I was on HLTA at the beginning of tour, so I had, um, I don't know, pent up anger and. I was young, full bank account, because you get danger pay while you're over there. You don't pay tax while you're over there. So I think I was like 20, 21 with like 25K in the bank and just spent one buttload of time in the desert uh, with no females around. Well, that's a lie. I actually ended up hooking up with a female in Afghanistan, but <laughs> an MP too. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. So we'll just keep this story going right along to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, you get where I'm going with this. It's like... As it happens. Yeah, exactly. So you get there and, I mean, get shit-faced right away and then drink through your Funny meetings. Story, and, though, yeah, so, uh, like, the whole time you're drunk and we end up going downtown and uh, we see a tattoo parlor and we go in and we're going to get tattoos and we all decide that. So the three of us that were there ended up in 4-2 Alpha, which is the section of the boys that got hit. And we're like, we're going to get 4-2 Alpha. And so, like, our um, our section symbol, I don't know if you remember it. The A is a guy fucking a girl. And I'll find it and put up a picture. So it's, like, an A, and then it's got a head, a head, and it's got, like, the butt out there. And then it's, like, the knees and the hands kind of thing. Anyways, I'll show you. Well, yeah, uh, we'll get, we got to get that. Yeah. Um, so we decide we're going to do that. We go in, but we're drunk. So while we're there, uh, I'm angry. Uh, so pro-patria for the RCR means for country. Um, and I was like, I'm fucking over this shit, so I'm going to get pro-paycheck. So I got that written across <laughs> my chest. For the money. And I had it written American style, like check, like C-H-E-C-K, whatever. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like I said. I didn't I was, know that part of it. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. I didn't know either There's until some someone else involved. put oh, a lot of drinking uh, and a gaff. Yeah. The, the old give a give fuck, a fuck factor yeah. is gone. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, but while we were there, our buddy Robbie, he's uh, in Afghanistan tagging Wu-Tang symbols everywhere and putting Robbie through the middle. So he's like, if you guys get this Wu-Tang symbol on your ass, I'll pay for it. So we did it. 
So, so naturally, naturally, we went for it. <laughs> and he got a tramp stamp, too. A big-ass Wu-Tang tramp stamp. With his name through it, too? Yeah, with that's his name. Amazing. That's awesome. No, 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 he got G-Koi. He got G-Koi through the middle. How phenomenal is that? What's G-Koi? Golf, Golf company. company. Oh, got it. Yeah, so that's, that's my HLTA spun to decompression story. All right, I got another one here from Ashton. Says, what would you say about deciding between applying to CAF or another military? So I'll hit on that and the fact that you can only apply to military organizations if you are actually a citizen of that country. Okay, I was going to ask that too because I'm. You know what I mean? So I was even me personally, I was looking at doing some jobs down in the States and stuff like that. Right. But like, if you, if I want to be, let's say a, a Texas Ranger or something like that, right. you would have to get an application in and actually become a citizen right. of that nation. So now they what, do, what about someone with like a dual citizenship? They didn't, they it could. didn't used to be that way though. You used to be able to cross apply, but I think that's because Afghanistan was going on and they were kind of hurting on numbers. Got it. Um, foreign legion. Things. Yeah, yeah, the French That's Foreign Legion. Yeah, if you can era, though. Now, or die. <laughs> if you were to join the military with the Canadian Armed Forces, you're going to have an easier transition getting it in as a Canadian citizen. And then they do have lateral transfer uh, operations where you can actually go from the Canadian Armed Forces and apply for, let's say, New Zealand. I have a friend who did that. He ended up going down there because now you have different qualifications because it's not like they're like, okay, well, we already have these recruits of New Zealand people and then now this Canadian guy wants to join the military too because we have the, the coolest looking uniform or the best fucking MREs, which are rations, you know what I mean? No, now you have something to bring to the table such as let's say you have lab qualifications and stuff like that or if you're a section commander or something like that. There's I think there's opportunities where you can do those lateral transfers. We have Canadians who actually do with the Ranger courses. I don't know if they actually are deployed with Ranger units. I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible, but like right. there are opportunities. So I would say getting into the Canadian Armed Forces as a Canadian. And then transferring. Yeah, would be, look at your options. You're gonna meet people who have already attempted to do that, who were successful, unsuccessful, you, you, you just pretty, open up that door. I think you pretty much have to get in and at bare minimum get your leadership qualification. So probably. you're looking at probably no less than four years, I'd say, until you even have that opportunity. So, yeah. Because I have a friend who, who served with, uh, I want to say three para, but he was also a Canadian soldier as well. And he served during the, with the confrontation between the UK and Ireland. Oh, wow. yeah, during that occupation as well. So he yeah. did serve that, right? So that was for about 200 years. Yeah, that's yeah. true too, right? But I mean, uh, I think it was maybe in the 90s that he served yeah, that. that. Sounds so, right. Yeah. In I Belfast. love their cat badge. It's so simple, but like. What's that? The, the para. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple, but I like it. It's just like badass. Anyways, uh, that's kind of like the administrative answer, I think. I think the fun answer, though, is <laughs> is like exploring why you would want to be in the different that, So that was going to be my question too, is like... Uh, How they operate and yeah. why. So like, I know, I'll give an example where like the states. So here in Canada, you get issued what you get issued and they're pretty, pretty stingy on like, that's it. That's like what you got, make it work. 
um, where you get to different regiments, battalions, they'll let you buy other stuff. But even then, it's like you could have one RSM that's like, yeah, it's a free-for-all. Do whatever the fuck you want. And then the next one comes in and is like... Issue kit only. Yeah, issue kit only. Fucking buttons done up. No white socks. Blows that type of boots. shit. Exactly. So oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> with the states, you get an, an allowance where... I don't know if it's monthly or what, but... I have no I, idea. So just from chatting with them, it's like you get an allowance so then you can outfit your own... Your own rig and stuff like that. This is in the states. Yeah, in the states, That's and wild. they're yeah, they pay for a lot of their kit. Yeah, the, uh, they also their housing system set up differently. I don't want to mislead or anything and say the wrong thing, but forget how the housing set up differently. But here, like a interesting thing about here is PMQs. Like you can have a three bedroom townhouse for like four hundred bucks a month, depending on where you're posted, of well, course. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's yeah, it's it's. That's huge, right? Yeah. Um, I know Australia, I think, is the highest paying military. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're also looking like if you went to, I don't know much about the Brits, uh, but like New Zealand, Australia, like that'd be pretty fucking cool. I don't know. One thing that I noticed with all these countries and their training, um, especially like Commonwealth countries, I'm but, I can't say for sure, but I would like to believe that the standard operating procedures and training, let's say the infantry, is very similar. Now we have a lot of similarities, but the United States has so many units. Like it's such a massive and whole military organization that they have. And I think that the way we run our infantry is very similar to how the Marines okay. operate. Because I we, thought you were going to say the Army. I was like, Ew. No, because no, it's, <laughs> it's more stuff like Marines, I think. For sure, because... When I was looking, doing comparative things between the U, the UK, like I and I don't need. There's so many units with them as well, but the the British military and their sniper course, a lot of the things were the same. Some things were different, and then I look at the Marine Scout Sniper School, very similar stuff. Whereas, like at the end of our graduation, and not all units do this in Canada, but we got the hogs tooth. You know what I mean? So there were a lot of similarities with that. Very so vital in operations. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, it keeps me inv invincible in battle, right? So, like, do your homework if that's what you want to do. If you're looking at a specific country and where you want to serve, do your homework. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying the, the Canadian Armed Forces, like, we, we are so well trained in almost everything because we don't have the numbers. You know what I mean? So they teach us to be lab operators. They teach us to be machine gunners. Where in the States, it's almost like you're specialized in a lot of different things. Now, I'm sure yeah. you get the venture out of that, but, yeah. like, it's almost like... If you're stuck in as a driver, your job is a driver or something like that. And you may like it, you may not like it. I don't know. That's one one thing about the Canadian Force is very versatile. Like you're going to get a lot of courses, and you're going to learn a lot. It's not like you're not going to be a C9 gunner for your whole career. It's no. like we need if, you to if, do other things. Yeah, like if this if our C9 gunner goes down, you can be guaranteed that the guy beside him is going to pick it up and start laying rounds down range. You don't have to worry about that. And they can also drive the vehicle. That's it. Like, I mean, yeah. there's, yeah, there's, uh, there's, I'm not gonna say names or anything, but there's guys that have been awarded from going in and grabbing like a lav and pulling up mm -hmm. and laying down fire to cover it. Who yeah. wouldn't have been, and that's like getting into the lav, driving it up, then getting out, going up to the hatch, laying down some rounds, you know, yeah. like. And something tells me the U.S. Marines are very similar in the fact that everybody's trained all around. All right, I'm going to reach out to a couple of friends from the States and be like, 
am I right or wrong about this? You know what I mean? Because I'm curious too, actually, because I've only heard it through the grapevine. You know what I mean? Well, let's get into that because the Marines have gone to the four-man units. I don't know shit. That's their recon anymore. units. Right? Yeah, just recon's you. only going to four-man? They're still running on, what, seven-man sections where you have a, two machine guns and the five guys flank? I don't think they go anywhere without their Humvees. You know what I mean? Like... They're, they're pretty mobile units, right? Or I guess they could be inserted by Hilo and stuff like that, but I, I know mean, they're... But they're still going to... They still have to foot patrol into, like, in Afghanistan. They weren't taking Humvees into some of those valleys. Have you seen Generation yeah. Kill? Not yet. Great show. Phenomenal show. I'm watching show. it for the second time. If you want to watch a show that is, in my opinion, one of the best, closest to what it's actually like being in the infantry shows, that's it. Really? And that was a Realistic. recon unit as well, wasn't that was, it? Yeah, that was Marine recon. They were the first ones into Iraq. Yeah. Um, and, and they wore the black tubes at the RCR. They wore black tubes for the Wrecking. Okay. Uh, yeah, HBO. HBO, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fucking it. phenomenal. It's just one season. Yeah, it's, I think, seven seven part series. Awesome. You know why I never got and, into and it? And the name of it? I just Fuck. never did. Generation, Generation Kill. Kill. Generation Kill. It's fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah. So that, I guess that helps answer that question yeah, you'll sure. you'll you'll find some more yeah like that that it brought it up a memory of for me that's yeah for sure but if i don't you know really if want a soldier join the reserves yeah if you <laughs> if you really want an easy way in to get your corporals and start off real well go join the reserves I mean, i'm just staring at the pot now oh fuck. yeah i'm just like going man uh, i i had the opportunity because before i went in i did three months RHLI and great unit in Hamilton. Absolutely. I, I'm not knocking reserves, but anyone that's done both. No, that's the whole know, the whole yeah. banter thing. Like, and I touched on it with your episode, where it was like, you know, you, we felt comfortable knowing that pretty much home was left in your guys' care. You know what I mean? Like, it's. But we were almost in a way babysat by your company and your platoons because. You know what I mean? They're they're they don't want to send a reservist home. Like they're they're people are scared of that. You know what I mean? How well are these guys trained? Even we're though, talking about reservists inserted with the regular force. Yes, even though I felt fully capable of being an infantry soldier, but there was a lot of things I didn't know. I didn't know the lab. I didn't know the, the comm suite inside the lab. I didn't know where they the, where they stored things and what their standard operating procedures were. So there were like don't get me wrong. Like I work a, with a lot of amazing reserve infantry soldiers, hands down. You know what I mean? Like I trust them with my life. It's just kind of different. When that, that's why he was a corporal and I was a no hook private. It's because he <laughs> he had the no skill on the lab, the no skill. No, I'm just <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That's I did have I my recce course. Banter. I love this yeah. banter. Yeah, oh, I totally. We're gonna have to settle this somehow. You guys are gonna have to like paintball or something. No, I, I'm done with all that stuff. <laughs> Look at that. I ain't running through nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap uh, here for this episode. Um, next, or maybe not next week, but but soon we'll be doing uh, another one of these. And so if, if we pop something up on Instagram, uh, or even if you uh, want to reach out to our Facebook page and ask us anytime, you have a question for the After Hours episodes, please reach out. Uh, we want to hear more of what you guys are looking for. So uh, until next time. Thanks, guys.